Hi, my name is Toby, and welcome to another special episode on Always Fragrance Podcast. On this special episode, I bring you a teaching highlighting the significance and the importance of the burial of Jesus Christ. I'm sure this will be very insightful. Listen in, be blessed, and I'll be right back. Um, it's on the website alwaysfragrance.com you can always find the, the details of, of this thing I'm, I'm, I'm about to share there so let's turn at first to Isaiah 53 verse 9 we'll read three places um, then I would explain in eight minutes and I'll be done this is Isaiah 53 verse 9 Isaiah said that he referring of course to Jesus Christ that he was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death though he had not done no violence, nor was a deceit in his mouth. So this is talking about the burial of Jesus, a prophecy, that he was given a grave with the wicked, and then when he was talking about wicked, he was not talking about a thief, he was talking about the sand hindering. They were the wicked, the epitome of wickedness were the sand hindering. And with the rich, and of course the sand hindering were very, very rich guys because they had amassed a lot of wealth and status and connection because of that council, the sand hindering council. And by the way, sand hindering council simply meant the combination of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were the religious leaders. Because of our time, I cannot go further into that. So um, the next place is 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Paul here was talking to the Corinthian church explicitly about uh, what he has received about the resurrection of the dead. So he's, he built that argument on the premises of the death and resurrection of Jesus. I, I have 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3, I believe. Okay? For I received what, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, verse 4, that he was buried, okay? That he was raised on the third day according to scriptures. So here, Paul is picking each one of those events in the life, in, in, in the passion of Jesus, one by one. He mentioned the death, and he did not jump from death to resurrection. He stopped and mentioned the burial as well. So this makes us know that the burial is also important because this is what he received. So that means they were also telling him some things. As they were telling him some things about the death, they were also telling him some things about the burial. So we saw from the prophecy what uh, uh, Isaiah has prophesied. Now, one more, please, from the First Kings chapter twenty, chapter twenty-one. First Kings twenty-one. First Kings twenty-one. Let's read from verse eighteen so that we can get the context here. First Kings twenty-one eighteen. Now, this is a, this is a, a prophecy to Ahab. Ahab was a wicked king, and of course, his wife Jezebel, which most of us are very familiar with, if we are from any church in Africa. Jezebel is the wife of King. Ahab, not the spirit of Jezebel, but Jezebel herself. You know, to be to have the spirit of Jezebel is bad, but to have Jezebel herself, you can imagine. So, first in twenty-one, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He is now with Naboth. He's now in Naboth's vineyard, where he has gone to take possession of it. Oh my God, I have to skip through this. Say to him, this is what the Lord says. Have you not murdered a man and seized his property? Then say to him, this is what the Lord says, in the place where dogs lick up Naboth's blood, dogs will lick up your blood. Yes, yours. Now, this is a king. And the Lord is punishing this king by making sure that dogs will lick up his blood. 
Now let's skip to verse 23 of this same first Kings 21. Verse 23 said, and also concerning Jezebel, the Lord says, dogs will eat. Now, is for the husband who committed the lesser crime, the dog will just lick his blood. But for Jezebel, the masterminder of this terrible crime, dogs will actually eat her up. This is the queen. The dogs will eat her up by the wall of Jezreel. And then if you know that story, she fell from the window and then dogs devoured her. So, for us in 21st century, burial might not be anything special because everybody that we know has died has been buried. Okay? But in those days, burial was a, it was a way of honoring people. You see, when they talk about the kings in First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, First Kings, Second Kings, they will say this king did this, this king did that, and so on and so forth. And at the end, they will say, and he was buried with his fathers in this, 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 and this. In other words, they say the man was a man of honor, was a man of repute up until his death. But on the flip side, when they go to war and they pick the king of their enemy nation, they tie him to. Or a, a, a donkey or a chariot after they might have killed him and then drag his body round about the city you know the horse is running and then the guy is tied to the horse and just drag him and you know mar the body and so on and so forth and at the end they will just throw him out of town and let vultures eat him that is humiliation the same thing they did to Saul you remember to Saul and his and his son Jonathan when they were killed at the war the, 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 the Philistines hanged his body right there as a cause and as a dishonor, not just to him, but also to the nation. And then when David heard about it, he lamented because it is not, it's not something that we can just gloss. Of course, we are not in that culture. So when you read it, it looks like you know, something in passing. But it is something very terrible that David's lament for such a terrible disdain thing that happened to the king of Israel and to the nation of Israel. So, in fact, at some point, when they pick some people, instead of burying them, they cut their body into pieces. So that they will not have any form of honor, even in death. So that is how important the burial is. Now, people that were killed in crucifix, they don't bury them. It's like it's as if you punish somebody and you are not honoring the person. No. When they punish the person, they punish the person to the hand. So when someone is uh, crucified as a criminal. Remember, Jesus died the death of a criminal. If it were today, Jesus would not, must have been killed on an electric chair or hung or by a firing squad. So that was what happened. And it is the most brutal form of death in the Roman Empire. You cannot imagine it. What you see in the movie is just something that they are trying to describe it, but it does not absolutely describe what the Romans were capable of doing in those days. So, like I shared yesterday in the Bible study, when they hang somebody, it is an emblem of the cause. It's an emblem of this guy is cursed, and then they tell it, they, they, they put a sign on top of the crucifixion to tell you what the guy has done. So Jesus hung there as an emblem of the cause, and because it is night, they don't allow something to hang on the tree overnight because now it's not just a cost to himself, but it becomes a cost to the entire nation, to the entire city, so they have to take him down. However, there was this man, scripture described him as somebody that has been expecting the kingdom of God. And he was somebody that was following Jesus. Remember, his friend Nicodemus had come to Jesus in the night. 
probably fearing their colleagues. So he sneaked in and had a conversation with Jesus. And then we see later that Nicodemus and John of Arimathea were friends and then they were following Jesus. So in the council, when they were voting that let's kill this, let's kill this man, let's kill this Galilean, the vote was shot too. Nicodemus and Joseph. So imagine if there were more of Jesus' secret followers in the Sanhedrin, they might not have been able to kill him. But so that scriptures might be fulfilled, they only had two. So they, usually there will be 70. Probably the vote that killed Jesus was 68. And majority carries the vote. So Jesus was killed. Then, after the brutal death of Jesus, Joseph used his influence and connection, went to the Roman governor and said, give me this body, because they were supposed to take down that body and throw it on a dunghill. The dunghill was somewhat like an incinerator that burned perpetually, but it was not a wildfire. So the body was dumped there so that it would rot in and be burning. So it would be rotting and be burning. It's terrible. That's why they call it the place of the skull. It is totally appalling. But Jesus is, of course, I imagine that the two thieves must have been thrown there. But Jesus' body was taken down and given a regal burial. When Luke 24 said that um, that it was it was given, it was roped in fine linen, what he was trying to say is that it was given the burial of the rich. So what happened was that, remember that tomb was cut out by Joseph. It was a tomb that he was getting ready for himself to be laid in. But he prepared it, but Jesus was going to use it first before he used it. So the other burial rites that he must have probably arranged for himself, Jesus also used it first. So all the nice perfumes, all the nice linens, and so on and so forth, all the embalming that the rich man will get, Jesus got it. Fulfilling Isaiah 53 verse 9, that he was late with the rich. Why? Because there was no violence in him. See, when Jesus came into the world, that was the beginning of his humiliation. From his birth, he was humiliated. This is from Philippians chapter 2. From his birth, through growing up in Nazareth, it was terrible humiliation that he grew up in Nazareth. I can't go into details now, but I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. Maybe not in details. Then, even to his public ministry, while he was conned, it was an humiliation. He was conned by family and friends and by strangers. Then, when he was arrested, he was humiliated. He was betrayed by his disciples from Peter on the far left to Judas on the far right. It was terrible humiliation. Up until the cross. And up until his death. But I imagine that when Jesus gave up the ghost, God said, enough. Humiliation stops at this point. From this moment onwards, it's glorification. So the burial itself was the initiation. The beginning of that glorification. And just as David had prophesied, like Brother Victor quoted rightly, that he would not allow my body to rot. So instead of putting our king of glory on that dunghill and allowing him to rot in half, burn in half, and vultures and, 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 and all sorts of scavengers to come and eat out of his flesh, our king was given a royal burial. And that's not the end of the story. 
On Sunday morning, Mary of Magdala and, his, and her other friends, whom Jesus has been terribly nice to, and they also have always been nice to Jesus because they give Jesus food and sponsor his ministry. You see, I don't know how you read your Bible, but do you know what they do? They said there were some women who used to put money in the purse of Jesus. That was what the apostle said. And when, when they put money in the purse, it meant that they were giving them money and they were also feeding them. So they were nice to Jesus. And Jesus had been nice to them because this Mary of Magdala had seven demons. Seven demons. I've never had one, so I don't know how it feels like to have one. But this woman had seven. In, what, <laughs> in whatever way it felt like, this woman had seven folds. And Jesus freed her. So she became glued to Jesus and supported the ministry of Jesus. And even in death, was very loyal to Jesus. And she came that day to the tomb. But earlier than that, a terrible wind was blowing, like the one that was blowing now. That wind had rolled away the stone. And the king of glory had walked out. And he was in there. And when Mary entered the tomb, she couldn't find Jesus. She was scared. Not scared that he had risen. Scared that he had stolen his body. But the angel, he didn't have wings. The angel told her, what are you looking for? You are looking for the right thing in the wrong place. He's not here. He is risen as he has told you. You are looking for the living among the dead. Some of us are looking for dead among the living. <laughs> but this one was looking for the living among the dead. He said, now, therefore, go and tell them that he has risen. Just like he said. So the burial of our Lord Jesus is the beginning of his glorification. And of course we know, after he spent 40 days here on earth, on Mount Olive, he gathered about 50 of them. And he was talking to them that they have to go to the nations. Oh my God. They have to go and be a witness to what they have seen. He said, now you are witnesses of these things. You have to go and be a witnesses of these things. And as he was talking, as he was telling them, he was levitating. He was just ascending. And they were all struck. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know whether to grab him or to run away. They were just there. And he was telling them, Behold, I'm with you always. And he was going. I'm with you always. And he was getting farther and farther and farther into the sky. I'm with you always. I'm with you always. Even to the end of time some scripture says even to the end of the age and as they looked at him as they looked at him our god was swallowed up in the clouds they were awestruck they were fixed at the point they couldn't move then the angels appeared to him and the angel said men of galilee why look ye like this? The phrase, my favorite phrase there says that this same Jesus. See, this same, not another one, not the one you are not used to, not this same. So the man that ascended, 
that very same man will someday very soon show up in the sky if we are alive we will shoot up to go and meet him but if we are not we'll be coming together with him we will not miss it whether we are there or we are here that same Jesus will someday come for us and we had to go to the to the hands of the earth to be a witness of these things for this reason have we been saved may the Lord bless us Hallelujah. glory to God forevermore you are witnesses of these things if you are a believer you should bear witness to these things that I have enlightened about the passion, the suffering, the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and the soul and very imminent coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are not saved, then you need to commit your eternal destiny into the hands of our Lord Jesus Christ by believing and placing your faith in Him. If you need help with that, you can always reach out to us at alwaysfragrance.com who will be delighted to lead you on the way of eternal life. Until I come your way again with another special episode of Always Favorite Podcast of the regular teaching on the Gospel of Matthew, remember that.